and welcome to Keep You Posted. Today is Sunday, May 10th. My name is Hannah Trav. I'm a comedian, law student, and today on my astrology app, it told me, quote, your mind travels at the speed of a bullet today, end quote, which is like, um, that's pretty much every day. Uh, anyway, I'm joined as always by my lovely producer and friend, Ross Wiseman. Hi, buddy. Hi. Uh, I don't have a bit uh i don't know horoscope says hazy try again later i is that something what does it say hazy try again later oh no <laughs> i'm doing um, good ate a piece of raw chicken just a minute ago so uh we're do we're nailing it happy wait, sunday you ate a piece of raw chicken? well i took a bite to see if it was done and it had like a crunch that indicated no Oh my God. That's like my biggest fear. I made, we were just talking about this. I made chicken the other night, probably to the be the best chicken I've ever made uh, or chicken breast I've ever made. Cause I like did quesadillas and cut up the chicken. Yeah. It was very, uh, is tender the word you would use? Yeah. Is that a good, good word? It was not dry. Yeah. I, I'm a fan I of using, it was wet. I feel like people overlook it at the supermarket, but they had like next to all the canned tuna, how they also have canned chicken. And it's not like the best in terms of texture, but like if you yeah, just need, salad? yeah, like for chicken salad or like one time I made like a chicken tuna melt with it. It was Ooh. so good. And like, guys, just because it comes in a can doesn't mean you can't eat it. That's my little catchphrase. Oh my God, that was great. And I'm not being sarcastic. I genuinely loved that. Okay. Um, Cause the tone sounded extremely I know, sarcastic. That happens me all the time i try to say it like the more i try to not sound sarcastic the more i do Ugh, anyway it's okay. hard wait uh one more thing about chicken um i'm so grossed out by raw chicken that like literally i won't even do the dishes the chicken dishes i won't even put them in the sink with the regular dishes is that normal like well, I put them out that makes sense like that. you don't want to cross-contaminate like I was dealing with that right before when I was like I had to uh quickly defrost chicken which also maybe the chicken is just still a little bit partially frozen but like oh, yeah, yeah. yeah I, you know trying to stay safe and it, like you can't help but like I, I think handling raw chicken is the most like coronavirus analogy ever just oh, like yeah, oh just like, you have I to need be to wash so aware head. yeah so you know what coronavirus it's just raw chicken you can quote me on that uh, well, that's a great segue into what we're talking about today. Well, thank you. Uh, for the record, guys, you can quote Ross on that, but do not quote me or the podcast. <laughs> thank you. Uh, okay. On today's episode, we will be discussing COVID-19. Should we reopen states? What's that all about? Um, then we'll be doing SCOTUS Notice. They're on teleconferences, baby. Um, and then finally, probably my favorite story we've ever talked about uh, in Utah this week, a little boy drove a car on the highway and wow, is he adorable. Um, and then of course, we'll end our show with HTHT, Hannah Trav's Hot Takes. And today, Ross and I will be sharing with you our dream jobs, besides comedy, our dream jobs that we had as children, um, what we dreamed of being when we grew up. So Ross. Let's do it. First, we're going to be talking about 
COVID-19, it's happening. And right now states and the president are talking about reopening. What does that mean? What are the risks? Um, Ross, have you, as far as going into public, I, I know you've been wearing a mask. Besides like grocery shopping, what else do you do outside your house? I'm not judging because I, I take walks. I go to the grocery store. Yeah, um, like it, for me, it's been mainly going on walks. Um, I've gone to my office a few times. Um, and luckily, like they're cleaning regularly and no one's there. Mm -hmm. um, and then uh, my boyfriend and I will split time at my place versus his place. And like, he's in a similar spot of me of like not really interacting with other people and being very meticulous about cleaning. Yeah. And like, you know, my whole thing, since I live alone, my downstairs neighbors and I um, have kind of just been in each other's bubbles. They're, that's a couple, they have an outdoor patio. So it's not like we're sitting in anyone's apartment, but like we've sat outside and actually, no, she and I sat in my apartment like four feet from each other, but I was kind of like, all right, I spent a lot of time alone. And then I've seen my, one of my other friends, but as far as like my bubble, it's like I've walked over and put cookies on people's stoops and then talk to them from the street but yeah like know. no one no one's gonna be perfect but it's it's being smart about it and not like throwing a party or hanging out with like 15 people totally and like so anyway so as people apparently lately as the curve we've definitely hit a peak and you know, experts are saying maybe we're starting to plateau. There's been a decrease in certain places, but like, you know, there's a lot of unknown about what's going to happen with coronavirus. And so um, as some of the state lockdown stuff starts to change, there's good reason for us to want to be spending and consuming. There's a great reason, and that's the economy, which we, without consumption, are, it's bad. There's like almost 20% unemployment rate. It's really insane. So I get that, but it freaks me out because then you hear all this stuff about like another wave of it, whatever, like if this could happen. So people are saying like, there's still a lot of infection out there. There's been a high death toll, but also the majority of the population hasn't been infected. There's, they're immune. There's no immunity. And so they're fully susceptible. Um, the virus is fundamentally very contagious, sneaky, and deadly, which I, I know someone who was diagnosed with COVID toe. Do you know what this is? You mean COVID? <laughs> that's very funny. Um, <laughs> but yeah, that's, that sounds terrible. Yeah. So it's like you're this, like dermatologists have seen it. It's just another weird, like thing of this toe. I mean, of this, disease, this virus that um, it like develops, it basically your toes get swollen, um, red, pink lesions, um, sometimes on your hands. Um, it can happen to people who like already have skin issues like psoriasis or something, but it can also just be random people. Um, some people are just getting that as their sole symptom, like it's just the toe thing. Um, so. And the, they're in a dermatologist said on an NPR article, don't panic. Most of our patients who are developing these COVID toes are doing extremely well and are able to fully recover at home. So that's good. It's just another like thing about coronavirus that we don't know though. Like it's just like another weird, 
I don't know. It's really crazy. This is yeah. Weird, what a year to start a news podcast. Seriously. I, I, but the one thing that has brought me a little comfort, if you can even call it comfort, is sure, uh, we've been seeing these different rallies of people trying to reopen the United States and reopen their particular states. But even with that happening, I saw a graph the other day and I uh, I'll have to try to find it so we can put it on our website. But regardless of these uh, protests, still the heavy majority of people are staying at home. And yeah, like it is a good thing that even though it's frustrating and uh, uh, especially men are not wearing masks as much as women uh, because they see it as a sign of weakness and that's fun, toxic masculinity. But overall, people Mask are taking precautions. Mask. You nice. Nice. Yeah, I don't know how I didn't say that myself. (laughs) Son of a bitch. Uh, But yeah, like I think overall, uh, it is good and a little comforting to see that like people are taking it relatively seriously. Yeah. And I think that like, yeah, I think that the other hard part is like, you know, if you're a small business owner and you're told to that your business has to be shut down and there are ways to get loans and stuff like that doesn't minimize how hard it is for you Mm -hmm. but if we if they're told they can reopen and it's up to them like it's a cash flow thing it's like can you afford to do that if you're not comfortable doing that like should you be reopening even if you're not comfortable I don't know it's kind of crazy and uh people are predicting like okay if we do open up and go back to exactly what we were doing before this like it's going to be crazy so what's the in between because that's the other thing is like obviously businesses can't stay closed forever and we're not going to have eradicated covid before businesses reopen but like what's different what's going to change um what's the other thing i want to talk about well because i mean the governor of pennsylvania at least tom wolf uh and i'm sure many other states are doing this as well that uh there's like uh, like we're in code red right now, but there is code yellow where it's like right. things are partially open. You can kind of gather a little bit, but still majority of things aren't happening. Right, exactly. And there was um, the whole thing. So like the, the White House did set guidelines for what states have to meet until they can reopen. The only problem is it's like they're suggested. So states that haven't met those guidelines, like they haven't seen two weeks without increase or whatever it is that you're supposed to do, um, are still allowed to decide to reopen. So that's been come on, guys. Yeah, it's like come on. Uh, To quote Taylor Swift, you need to calm down. You're being (laughs) too loud. Yeah, and it's like what? Uh, The Proud Boys that are organizing some of these uh, rallies. You're being too proud. So the other thing uh, to mention is that two aides in the White House um, tested positive for Corona. So a lot of people uh, like Dr. Fauci and stuff are working from home. Um, Three of the country's highest ranking health officials. People are nervous. Um, It's, you know, uh, the director of Johns Hopkins said that even a partial reopening of the country could pose life-threatening risks to one in three Americans. Well, hey, we're only two people, so it won't affect us. So if we get a guest, it will affect the guest. Oh my God, you're... Not helpful? (laughs) You're cracking me up is what I was going to say. Okay, so really to end this segment, guys, this is so tough. Thank you to all the healthcare workers and essential employees out there who are, you know taking risks to make sure we have groceries and that I can, you know, make quesadillas and shit. Um, And 
the healthcare employees that are going through hell right now to keep people alive and safe is just there's it's so impressive so thank you guys for everything oh and it's mother's day so shout out to moms weird time to do that should have done it in the intro doing it yeah this second. not sure why but everyone stay safe um send your mom something uh keep a social distance and um okay and now for our favorite segment scotus notice gavel 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 yeah we need to eventually we'll get a gavel sound yeah um, as many of you may remember um i took a class last semester on the supreme court and yes my semester is finished i am two-thirds of the way done law school and i still am obsessed with the supreme court baby okay so the Supreme Court has started doing teleconferences to hear oral arguments. And I'm gonna to talk today about what kind of formalities the court tries to keep when they're in session and about the court in general and why this whole teleconference thing is really crazy. And then we're gonna talk about a hilarious thing that happened during the first or second teleconference. Um, and as always, if you have thoughts on the Supreme Court or want, have questions, please send them to me because I love talking about the Supreme Court and could do it all day. Do you think, are this, are the justices allowed to have like silly Zoom backgrounds? No, they're doing teleconferences. You can't see them. Ah. Also, there's absolutely no way they're allowed to do that. They're barely allowed to do what they're doing. Um. John Roberts is like, look, it looks like I'm in an ice cream shop. <laughs> oh man. Uh, actually. That's a great way to get this started. So Chief Justice John Roberts is, was very uh, not, I guess, resistant, but also, you know, apprehensive about doing these teleconferences. And that's because the Supreme Court has never allowed broadcasting of oral arguments um, because the Supreme Court is supposed to be a sacred place, truly. And they, there's a fear, especially from Chief Justice John Roberts, that if, you're allowed to be videotaped or recorded in front of the Supreme Court that may lead to like grandstanding, like in the Senate where people are like, you know, bringing out props and like, you know how that, they like bring out chicken or whatever, I don't know. Yeah, or like a big stupid chart. Yeah, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. there you go. Um, and Or like the attorneys that come and argue for the Supreme Court trying to appeal, you know, more emotively or whatever. So the other thing is that the Supreme Court is full of formalities. So we've, we've talked about this on the show on the show before where, you know, they all sit in certain seats and they read their opinions in order of, or ask their questions in order of seniority and all of that. And even the building itself is like, designed to be just impressive and sacred they it's like i read an article that was like the supreme court's like the vatican of america and um so chief justice roberts also did not he like really hated when they brought cameras into the set senate he also is like trying to protect the court as the executive branch goes bananas um and congress is gridlocked all the time and so yeah, because like you don't you don't want all of the Supreme Court, which we've talked about is arguably like the most important part of our uh, mm -hmm. government. You don't want it to devolve into just like sassy one liners and clapbacks because that's what everything else is now. Oh, 100 percent. And like 
Um, I, here, I'm going to read this quote, which I just think is like, because I'm a nerd, so empowering. It says, attend a court argument and you might find yourself surprised by the power of the rituals. When the justices take their seats behind the elevated mahogany bench, they look like a council of oracles prepared to reveal a sacred text. In a sense, they are. The justices' pronouncements carry the force of law. Their words can alter the ground rules that govern our nation. You might roll your eyes at the ceremonial pomposity, but when the court speaks, the country listens. How powerful is that? I got chills. Um, wow, you did not agree, Ross? You did uh, not I was in, uh, just like uh, the Supreme Court, I was impartial to it. Uh, <laughs> that was good. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, that was good. Yeah. I, I don't know. For me, it's whatever. Okay. So here's what happened. So they've been hearing these oral arguments. They actually heard one of the cases, the first case we ever talked about in my class. And we talked about here about Bridgegate, the New Jersey Bridgegate scandal. They heard that case and the court ruled unanimously, which I thought was very cool. Uh, that's always a good thing when the court's unanimous to overturn the convictions for Chris Christie's henchmen and the reason for that being like the reason it was unanimous it, it wasn't political it was about like the way the the law was applied which is cool that's really what they're supposed to do um but this week they were hearing arguments about robocalls and Ooh. in the middle of it someone flushed a toilet <laughs> someone flushed a motherfucking toilet in the which middle is an apt metaphor for robocalls yeah yeah, because they they should go down the toilet. Oh, uh, <laughs> not a metaphor, but I like your symbolic spirit. Excuse me. So they don't know. So there, I read an article that thinks it was Justice Breyer based on like someone tracking the oral argument time lot. So apparently, it's been taken out. It's been edited out on the Supreme That's website. Crap. That's crap. I, I want to hear it. Yeah. Um, I think it's like people have Twitter clips of it and stuff. But yeah, um, they think it was someone on Vox or something said they think it's Justice Breyer based on like who was talking when and like, you know. I mean, what? I guess that makes sense because Breyer is also the name of a brand of ice cream. I knew and you if you're lactose intolerant, it'll make you take shits for days. Okay. Well, I knew you were going to say something about shitting from ice cream. So that's really great. Our friendship has moved on. Second of all, um, hilarious story in, this is actually quite a tangent, but let's talk about it. I was, lactose, I was lactose intolerant. I'm not anymore. Um, I'm like dairy sensitive, but in high school I had a parasite <laughs> and, um, yeah, it's as cool as it sounds. And it made me like really have trouble digesting like everything, but dairy was like one of the last things I had so much trouble with. And so Aww. I, it was all right. I mean, for the first couple, for like the end of high school, early into college, I just had to, I like didn't eat dairy for like, I think like three or four years. And then like, or I would have it here and there, but I like drank, I think I would have some cheese once in a while, but otherwise I wouldn't. Hannah can have a little cheese as a treat. Yeah. My cheese treat. I would eat like <laughs> lactate free ice cream and stuff. Anyway. Honest, that lactate is good. Like, lactate it, milk is great. Yeah. I yeah. like, I, I need to stock up on like dairy digestive stuff because like I felt so gross the other day because I had uh, ice cream twice I mean it could have been just because I ate ice cream twice in one day yeah uh, yeah um I don't know how I would live without I didn't I don't think I stopped eating butter then 
I think I like ate it minimally. Just but- butter is dairy. Butter's in everything. Yeah. I love butter. Butter is like my weakness. Anyway, okay, wait. So I was lactose intolerant for a little while. And this was my freshman year of college. Uh, and at the time, TikTok was not an app. It was a Kesha song. And my, I was, you know, little baby jokester. I rewrote the lyrics to Kesha's TikTok to be about uh, being lactose intolerant and shitting all the time. And my friend Classic. and I recorded it. Yeah, it was actually probably one of my best work. I mean, that was also, you, you have to remember that when TikTok came out, everybody and their mom wrote a song parody to TikTok because it was so easy to do. Yeah, it was so fun. So uh, I'm trying to think of the like, best line. Um, like I went to summer camp, so there were so many parodies for like different special days and events. Okay, ready? Because I crapped my pants really bad, bad. Now I'm crying in the stall because I'm sad, sad. Toilet paper's gone and I'm mad, mad. Uh one little pizza slice, slice, keeps me up all night, night. The smell isn't polite, like, like, <laughs> <laughs> just like don't that. let it flow. Run to the bathroom, quick flush, but don't rush. Make sure you finish up. Now done before fun. I messed this up. Uh, before something, wash your hands. Oh, 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 oh. Okay, I did not expect to be talking about that, but wow. That well, is- hey, this is the Supreme Court, and uh, that's yeah. guilty on the high. Really grandstanding court. over here. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so anyway, so. Uh, I will appeal to hear more, please. <laughs> a bonus episode, I sing a bunch of song parodies. No, <laughs> I would never do that to you, or would I? Let's we, see how you long would. this, bo- this stay at hormone, or yeah. hormone <laughs> order lasts. I would just said hormone to okay wait so then we're talking about Supreme so Court. briar flushed after he took a dump you think it's bright someone on the internet thinks it's briar and had a lot of good reasoning it so is I'll definitely not sonia sotomayor she would never no. do such a thing actually they said it wasn't her because apparently she's been having issues muting herself by accident <laughs> so like they were like there's no way that she like she's been on mute more than she should um yeah. and then clarence thomas barely talks and then Ruth Bader Ginsburg is in a hospital bed because she had a small procedure. So she's laying down. Um, Whatever. I don't remember what the rest of them are. Kavanaugh and Gorsuch are younger, so they probably know how to mute. Um, But who knows? Anyway, so the, even though it was very funny, that's like Chief Justice Roberts, it like tries to protect from any sort of chaos in the court. So um, I think that he was probably horrified by that. And uh, I think that they'll continue doing the teleconferences, but I have a strong feeling that once they're back in the building, there's absolutely no way oh, yeah. audio will continue because he doesn't want the court to be a joke. Um, also, if anyone wants to hear my detailed thoughts on the Bridgegate opinion <laughs> written by Justice Kagan, <laughs> DM me. And that's that. That's us Notice. Gavel. Well, Ross, I don't know about you, but when I was five years old, I also did crazy things. Did you? No, I was a good little boy, and I was just being tormented by my older brother, so I just cried a lot. Still true. Okay. Uh, (laughs) uh, Okay, this week in Utah, a five-year-old boy who's super adorable did a crazy thing. He drove his parents' car onto the highway. You've been texting me 
this story always two different times you texted it to me and said saving this for later because you you're, you this has been your story of the so week. hilarious and thank god everyone's okay so my best friend lives in salt lake city and she sent me this article about this little boy on i don't remember what day it was but she sent it to me and then i immediately sent it to ross because i was like wow it's this happening is, this is amazing news because this is everything the news should be it's alarming it's true it's exciting it's exciting and it's, no one got hurt and no one got hurt this is what all news should be um maybe not even that extreme but no one got hurt yeah everything's fine okay so the this little boy um pull it gets this officer sees this person swerving on the side of the road and like thinks they're having like a heart attack or something um on the highway pulls it over the car person pulls over brakes everything gets the window and he's like oh my god you're a child um so apparently he was like the little boy was on the verge of tears and well i mean yeah, I can't imagine. I know, but I'm I on the verge cry. of tears. I get pulled over by a cop. Are you <laughs> kidding? I've cried in front of many cops. Um, I've only actually ever been pulled over in Rhode Island, though, because Rhode Island cops don't have anything to do. They just, <laughs> they just sit on the highways. Um, but I'm a better driver now. Good. So anyway, so his mom and him, this little boy and his mom got in a fight because he wanted her to buy him a Lamborghini. <laughs> This is true. I told you the story is so good. He wanted her to buy a Lamborghini and she said no. Rude. So like, I'm going to go to California. I have $3 and I'm going to buy one myself. And she was like, okay, you're a child. And so his parents didn't think anything of it. They go to work the next day. His 16 year old sister is watching him and she like falls asleep and wakes up and he's gone. And they're like flipping the hell out. And um, apparently later on the sister was like, yeah, he like watches videos of Lamborghinis like all day. Like he's never done anything crazy like this, but like he was telling us he's going to California to buy a Lamborghini. Um, and so the, there's like a dash cam video of the officer being like, you're a little boy. Okay. How did you learn to drive a car? And, uh, yeah. And it's to me just amazing. But then this guy who lives in Utah, who owns a Lamborghini, heard this story and went to the kid's house and took him in a ride in a Lamborghini. Isn't that right. so cute? I love it. He got to ride his Lamborghini, but he didn't get hurt or have to drive all the way to California. Nope. No one got hurt. And also, um, this is a good thing. They didn't charge the parents with any like crimes or anything because it was like the sister fell asleep. There was no like evidence of negligence they're like good parents they were just at work whatever the sister like didn't do anything wrong um and yeah so he there's a like great yes like five-year-old oh my god he made it like two or three miles down the road and get this he was going the right way he was on the way to california good for him i i mean kids are pretty direction literate like when i was like 11 and my brother had just gotten his uh license he would call me sometimes to be like ross i'm here how do i get home really yeah this was also the days before like having like google maps on your phone oh yeah well dude i in college had a binder of um printed google map we it was a big day when we like bought 
like a big like clunky like gps thing that you like manually hang up and put away I had a TomTom. we had a garmin my tom tom i downloaded a voice he was an, a british cab driver in london oh i like that and he would be like take the roundabout <laughs> turn around when possible you're going the wrong way and then you would show up and you would go well done you have reached your <laughs> destination <laughs> <laughs> well, it seems like this Lambo kid didn't even need a Tom Tom or a Garmin. He didn't. And uh, he did get grounded and his chores list got longer, but he did not get in trouble. It's honestly just like everyone's like, holy shit, how did he do this? He's also, look up a picture of him. He's so cute. He's yeah, I want to like, give him a hug. Yeah, he just, it's just, how fascinating. Yo, can you imagine too, like, I think about funny things I did as a kid or like crazy things I did as a kid. Like for the rest of his life, he's going to be like, Oh yeah, I one time drove on the highway to go buy a Lamborghini. It's like the cutest, ter most terrifying thing I've ever heard. Um, yeah, so that's pretty much that. Uh, little boy, if you're out there, let's do an interview. No, <laughs> uh, we just want to ask you. Oh, and that well, he was interviewed about what it was like to drive in a Lambo, and he was like, "That car is so fast." <laughs> And now it's time for HTHT Hannah Trav's Hot, hot takes. takes. It's hard to sync up when you're talking over Zoom. I feel like that was synced up. I just didn't know you were going to jump in, but that was exciting. Oh, I like to keep you on your toes, Hannah. It's good. It's, that's my COVID toes. Okay. I'm sorry. I'm not COVID. Oh, I feel bad that I made that joke, but also, okay. So today on HTHT, Hannah Trav's Hot Takes, we're going to be, Ross and I are going to share with you what our dream jobs were when we were children. Now, this does not include comedy because I think we've already talked about how both of us want to be. And you all are probably sick of us talking about comedy. Yeah, honestly, um, I don't blame you, but I, you know what, Ross, though? Here's the thing. People ask me questions about comedy all the time. I forget that it's like everyone doesn't know that world. That, so, yeah, that's legit. I guess like no. we hang out and talk to a lot of comedians all the time so I think we yeah I guess that makes sense we lose sight of it yeah same with law school like I think that I'm so boring and then people are like like these segments and people are like oh I didn't know that about taxes and I'm like oh, <laughs> cool um okay so Ross you want to start so when you were a kid besides comedy besides comedy what yeah. was your dream job um I really wanted to be a math teacher oh why um I don't know I I guess like elementary school math, like I, I understood it really quickly and I like, I enjoyed math and just mm -hmm. like the whole mechanics of it. Mm -hmm. Um, and like, I mean, even throughout, uh, high school, like once I like cared about school cause middle school was just like, fuck school, but high school, school, I'm getting terrible school again. Bullied and I want yeah. to be homeschooled now. <laughs> exactly. But like, once I got to high school and I was like, Oh, grades matter for college and stuff. Like mm -hmm. I was super into math and that's awesome. I and I actually um, would buy once in a while, I would get like, like math practice books from Barnes and Noble. And I would do only the first problem to like pretend that I was a teacher. And it's like, here's the example problem. And then you guys do the rest. Oh, that's cute. In high school? Oh, no, no, no. That was elementary school. I was, oh. <laughs> I was you over. Play school? I played school all the time. Um, Not really. Like, I guess. I don't know. I mean, like my, both my parents are teachers. Mm -hmm. Um, and so like, that seemed like the natural track for my brother and I. 
Um, and what did you wind up majoring in in college? Communications, baby. There you go. Uh, media production. So when did the math thing go away? Um, I think when I realized, like, I'm not a math expert. Like, I can figure out math things, but I don't know if I'm good enough at it to teach it. Like, elementary, middle school math, probably I'd be fine with. But, like, yeah. I don't know. I, I think it got too top level for me. And then when did the teacher thing go away? Um, I, it never actually really went away. Like I taught Hebrew school um, oh, yeah. all throughout college. So like I'm down to teach still. Hell yeah. I like that. Yeah. I miss, um, I used to teach swim lessons for like 10 years and I taught like lifeguarding uh, for the Red Cross. I taught like CPR and lifeguarding. Oh, cool. And yeah, I liked it. I, you know, I let my certification lapse, but I had been at the YMCA for so long and I do miss that teaching aspect. It was fun, but, um, you know. Yeah. What, what about you? What was your job? So, um, it's funny because I was just thinking about math and I was thinking like, I, I feel like I didn't, I wasn't as good at, at math back in the day, but I wonder, I feel like maybe I would be good at it now. That sounds weird, but um, maybe not. I don't really have time to learn. I'm trying to like learn the law. Well, I'll send you some math problems later and you can time <laughs> yeah. out. Uh, I do enough math and tax. That's fine. Um, I'm learning the law. I chose my path. But um, one of the things, I think I've said this on this podcast before. If I haven't, I was talking about it with someone recently, but um, I should have been a chess master, I think. I think that my parents should have taught me chess earlier. I think that I didn't learn till college. And I think that if I had learned chess younger, I could have been like on the chess team. I really have hmm. this like pretty solid theory about this. I've thought about this a lot. So um, this was not my dream job, but in hindsight, my dream life for myself would be to be a professional chess player, um, go to the Olympics or whatever, the chess Olympics. Um, but at the, but as a child, my dream job was to be a paleontologist or like some sort of like museum. Oh, I would love, I would love to work in a museum. Yeah. So I was really into dinosaurs as a child and then it honestly didn't go away. I took a dinosaurs class in college. It was one of the hardest classes I've ever taken. Um, but I started college as a anthropology, as an anthropology major. Oh. So I was like into archaeology and stuff and then very quickly took one philosophy class my professor pulled me aside after class and was like you should be a philosophy major and I was like all right um no regrets so anyway so but at the time but when I was younger I really I like wanted to like go on digs I was like really into we did we did a unit in elementary school um on archaeology I remember and like old art and like you know, we went to museums and I just really ate that shit up. I was really into history too. My parents, I was into like recent history, like American history, World War II, like that kind of stuff. The I cool read, history. Yeah, I read a lot of books on World War II, specifically on the Holocaust. I like went through a phase where I like, I was in like elementary school. I read Anne Frank's diary in third grade. I remember fourth grade did a whole project on her and then like spent like three years reading like every book I could get my hands on trying to like learn it. It was just, I was just like shocked by, I was really young. That's, like, yeah, it's weird. It's weird. Like I went to a Jewish day school for eight years and like, I don't remember exactly when I learned about the Holocaust, but it's just like, it like doesn't really phase me ever. Cause I'm just like, yep, I've known this since I was a child. It's like the same with like 
9-11. I don't really remember when I knew what happened, but like. Oh, it's right. Just, you were, how old were you? Um, five. So you don't remember where you were on 9-11? Um, I, I know where I was. I don't remember it. Okay. I, man, that's, that's so interesting you bring that up because I remember, I remember learning about the Holocaust when my brother said something about, he told me about Anne Frank. We were like at the dinner table or something and he was telling me about Anne Frank. And I was like, what is this? What happened? And I was pretty into history and I must've been, I think I was in fourth grade. And so what are you like eight, uh, nine? Yeah. And I remember my ex- trying to ex- like my family trying to explain it to me like, well, there was this war and like, and I grew up in an area that was very Jewish. So like I had a lot of Jewish friends and like, you know, you know, I know people that in New England who like there are no Jews in their town, but like, you know, I grew up in. But it, it's also that thing that like, um, like you as a kid, you latch on to it because you're just like, this is oh like a crazy sounding thing. Like, even if you kind of latch on to it because you're like, whoa, like gross or like I don't like I want to under I like I want to learn more about like how these like places ran and like yeah yeah it just well and like exactly what you're saying I like could not believe that was like a thing and I had I was just like wait what like my Jewish friends what like that's so crazy and then I wound up um so my whole life people thought I was Jewish and I wound up like going with one of my friends families to this like hear this author speak my friend Jewish friends families and uh, I remember when her mom her mom came up to my mom and was like this entire time I thought Hannah was Jewish until I just learned her last name like I had no idea or like I forget what she said exactly but um but yeah so I was like really into history but I got into but, but like also loved dinosaurs and then in high school like no, like middle school, I took like a, did like an archaeology unit in one of our classes, or maybe it was like fifth grade. And I remember after that, getting really into the idea of like going on digs and like excavation and all this stuff. And um, yeah, and then I did a semester of anthropology, which was really interesting. We talked about like human evolution and all this stuff. And then um, I switched to philosophy and I'm really glad I did, but I always thought it would be so cool to be like, I, I love the movie Night at the Museum. I was like, it'd be so cool to be like the curator of a like archeology museum. That would be cool. Like, or like a dinosaur museum. I love, I like eat that shit up. When I went to visit my friend in Utah, actually, different friend, my friend Annette. Uh, you have so many friends in Utah. Friends in Salt Lake City, three friends in Salt Lake City, counting wow. Beyonce, um, who is my friend. Um, so, but my friend Annette lives there as well. And she, one of the days I went and visited her the first time, um, we went to the Utah, the University of Utah uh, Science Museum. Utah has, they've found a lot of dinosaurs in Utah, including the Utah Raptor, which fun fact is actually uh, in Jurassic Park, what they call a Velociraptor. It's oh. actually a Utah Raptor. The Velociraptor was like small and it had feathers. Um, that was something I learned, but yeah, I took this dinosaurs class in college and my professor had literally written the textbook. It was so funny. Um, it was like all the headline, all the like, okay. But like when you, when your professor, when you have a professor that wrote a textbook and you're using the textbook, it's a weird energy. Cause like, 
like I had a professor that taught like media uh, an intro media class and like we had to buy the textbook that he wrote and curated Mm -hmm. and he would sometimes like give insight into how like writing a textbook works and we're just like we don't care you made us spend like a hundred and ten dollars on you okay well that's so interesting you say that because that was one of the best classes I ever took and I think it's because granted this was an exceptional textbook it was so it was like one of the hardest classes I took. It was like definitely, it was so much memorization. Um, it was so complicated because you were learning like all the like genie, what is it? Uh, like species name, like all that yeah. shit. Um, but he, all the headings were funny. Like they were just like, Oh, that's fun. He had such a great sense of humor. And it was super, it was just a well-written textbook. The other thing was I took um, in law school, my co- every, 1L takes contracts. And so my first semester, I had like the coolest contracts professor and um, he wrote the book. He or he like wrote it with other people. And that was also very cool because I like getting the insight on it. Like I like hearing like, oh, this research came from this person. I think especially in law school. Um, yeah, it was. I think it was also like the, the, the professor that wrote my textbook. Like he didn't really have a sense of humor about himself. Mm-hmm. Like he acted like he did, but like he didn't really. Yeah, I feel like both of these, the professors that wrote the textbooks I'm talking about were both like super cool people. And so that probably helped. But yeah, that was my little dream job. I was like, so I had, I still at my parents' house have like a bunch of books on dinosaurs. And um, I was more, I was more of a space kid. Yeah? Yeah. I had never been to space. (laughs) Oh, I love space. It scared the shit out of me, but I also loved it. It scares me, the unknown. Mm -hmm. I think that I like, Wow, that was a deep thought I just had that I that I gravitate I gravitate toward history because it's like we're learning from it whereas the unknown science I'm like in reverence of but yeah would rather not. <laughs> I've never even seen Interstellar. Isn't that about space? Yeah, oh, it's a good one. It's a good one. What's the other one where they're in Very space philosophical. Then? Gravity. Where's the one where Sandra Bullock's in space. That's Gravity. Gravity. I didn't see that either. I saw that in theaters and it was a wild ride. No, thank you. Okay. Um, no, I. You know me. I don't watch anything. No. Uh, but, okay. Well, yeah. Let's... <laughs> well, this was fun. <laughs> All right. Well, listen, guys. Everyone, stay safe. Thanks for listening. Um, Ross, I miss you. I wish that we were in the same room, but oh well. We, we can socially distance sometime. Yeah, that's true. Guys, stay socially distant. Thank you, healthcare workers. Thank you, essential employees. And please, please, please think about other people and wear a mask and and wash your hands and uh, be safe. This has been Keep You Posted. Hosted and executive produced by Hannah Trav. Produced and edited by me, Ross Wiseman. Our art and logo is by Kristen Finger and our music by Graham Trav. For a list of our sources from the episode, bonus content, and to get in touch with us, visit us at www.keepyoupostedpod.com.